Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, good morning. As you can see, I'm the other bald pastor that's here preaching to you today. Um, we're, we're very thankful for all the, all the people who got to go to the marriage retreat this weekend. Um, just praying that they, they just got, their, their lives were touched. Um, I, I just, I've just been praying over them all weekend long. But the last time that I had the opportunity to stand in front of you to preach, um, Jeff had said, um, hey, you know, he's got something on his heart. I can't, you know, I can't, can't you, you just got to let him go. You know, he'll, he'll blow up if you don't, if he doesn't let me speak. And I'm like, absolutely. This time he told me, he gave me a specific message for all of you, well, for me, actually for me, he said, hey, whatever you do, you cannot go up there and win them on your side because what, what's going to happen is, is you can't get up there and just say, hey, guys, y'all are going to love me. Let's pray, and you're dismissed, all right? Uh, I said, okay, Jeff, I won't do that. I said, the first thing we'll do is we'll, we'll make sure that we, you know, we, we take up the offering or something like that, you know, and, and now I'm just joking. Uh, but, but he did, he was, uh, uh, he, you know, I, I'm just very thankful for the opportunity uh, to be with you. And, and like I said, the last time I did get to speak, we, we spoke about being for our neighbors. Um, Jesus said to, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, right? And then he said, that's the greatest commandment. He said, the second greatest is this, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I wanted to take a few minutes because not all of you get to see everything that happens uh, with the students of our church. And not all of you get to see what what really the behind the scenes of some of the things that happened, uh, even with some of you adults over these last several weeks. Um, We got some pictures here that I wanted to show you. This is uh, our middle school, see you at the pole. Um, we had, well, if you combine the high school and the middle school together, we had uh, over 200 students uh, at see you at the pole. And a lot of our students is what led that. And so I wanted to give it up for our students this morning for being for our neighbors, going out and making a difference in the lives of their classmates. Um, as you said, I don't know how many what picture you're on, but there's like four pictures that I put up there. Um, the other thing that, that happened um, from See You at the Pole, um, I, I know at the high school alone, um, I, I think that morning, two or three people gave their life to Christ right there at See You at the Pole. And I thought that was amazing. And I know um, back in the fifth and sixth grade room, um, we had like six salvations that night. It was amazing just how God just poured out his presence upon our students. And so I'm very thankful for our students for being leaders in our community and really, again, going out and, and taking this to heart. I mean, I, I know our fifth and sixth grade, we've been talking about this, guys. This, we're, we're for our neighbors. We've got to show them we're for them. We've got to show them that we love them, you know. Um, the other thing that happened, uh, our high school students got together, just a handful of them, they, and they, they, they cooked a big old lunch for all of the uh, construction crew that was here fixing our bridge. How many of y'all are glad the bridge is fixed and it's open up, huh? Come on. 
so I, I knew our high school students had prepared lunch for them, and then several of, of you, I, I don't know exactly who, who it is, but several of you actually dropped off drinks and snacks uh, to the, the construction crew. And what was amazing, you know, some of those guys, when we were back there uh, eating lunch, they, they, they made the comment of, we're not used to being treated this way. We're used to being cussed, you know? I mean, I mean that, that, that's, that's usually what they do. And, and, and they're like, we're just not used to somebody actually being grateful for us fixing something for them. And so I wanted to give it up to the church. You guys have done a great job. So thank you for everything you've done. Way to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Way to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So this morning, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about kind of, well, what to do when the enemy attacks. When he invades your space, what to do. I, I can remember one of the very first times in my life that, that, that I remember the enemy attacking me personally, right? Um, the date, I, I remember it all too well. It's January 10th, 1982. I was six years old at the time, right? But it's a day that will forever be etched in my mind. It's the day that I can really remember, man, the enemy just... I mean, he did, he, he did a number on me. And I, and I can visualize it because I see it all over TV all the time. It was the day that Joe Montana <laughs> says, hut, and he rolls and he's scrambling for his life, right? And he throws this ball and you think it's going over and somehow a trampoline appears in the middle of the end zone and Dwight Clark jumps up and catches this ball, right? And I know, I'm, I'm just joking about that. Y'all know how big of a Cowboys fan I am. But the thing is, is, it's, it's always there, you know, and, and I'm such a competitive guy, and, and, and it come, I come by it naturally. I mean, I, I need y'all to understand that. that I, I still get frustrated when my Cowboys lose. It's been tough last 20-something years. My kids, my kids don't even remember. They're like, You're, you got to be lying to us, Dad, because there is no way the Cowboys ever won a Super Bowl, right? And I'm like, I promise. I was there. I, I, I saw them with my own eyes, right? But, but this competitive nature, I mean, I used to, and, and I say used to, I still sometimes, I'm like, I got to watch myself on this, but sometimes, and when, like last week, you got a minute left, you can't hold a lead, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I take it so personal, right? But the enemy, man, he does a number on me on that, but I, like I said, I come by it naturally. I come from a very competitive family, and um, I remember on my mom's side of the family, uh, my uncle Nathan, he's a... Uh, he, he was a professional bowler, right? I mean, the guy, well, he was amazing. But this guy, I remember when he was younger, before he made it to those ranks, I remember him, I watched him as a kid. He's in there playing uh, this marble game with the adults, right? Uh, we, the kids these days call it aggravation. I, I don't know what you call it, but, but he's in there playing, and he starts losing, so he takes his marble game and the board, and he says, I'm not playing with y'all no more. And he pulls it from the table and goes in the room and starts playing with us kids. And so I'm like, great, I, I wanted to play, you know, great. And so we're sitting there playing this game and I, I start winning. And so then my uncle starts changing the rules. I'm like, What's that all about, right? And so he gets mad again and takes his marble game and leaves. And nobody gets to play marble game, right? And again, so this has run in my family. 
Game night at the Boyette household is an attraction you need to see. I should charge admission for you to come for all the entertainment that we would give you uh, because it is very competitive. It is, um, I mean, you ever played the game Spoons? Yeah, if you play with the Boyettes, you're going to leave with the bloody knuckles or something. You're going to get hurt, I promise. Um, but again, it comes, it runs through the family. Um, my daughter Taylor, for example, I remember when she was, a, I mean, she couldn't have been no older than four or five years old, and we're playing the game Candyland. And most of the time, you know, don't tell her this, but dad let her win, right? Because I wasn't going to lose. I mean, I'm going to win this thing, right? But one time I'm like, watch, I'm going to win. And my daughter Taylor grabs that Candyland board and frisbees it right across the living room. And I'm like, you learned that from your mom, okay? (laughs) That did not come from me, right? And even last week at Life Group, um, Amen. Even last week at Life Group, there's a little competition, and I even told him I had to, you know, kind of admit my sins to him because I wanted to go last because we're scoring ourselves on like where we rank. Am I right, Boomer? I mean, come on, bro. And so, and like he's like, I got a 52. I'm like, well, I got a 53. I won, right? And, you know, I mean, that's how it was. But it's just, it's so competitive by nature. And and but that that I guess is how God formed me to be. And 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 so even when it comes down to what I get to do every day. I'm so competitive at this because the enemy is out to get our kids. The enemy is out to get each and every one of you. He's coming to attack. And I'm so competitive. I'm like, you ain't taking none of my kids. You ain't taking nobody in this church or nobody in this community. We're going to do whatever we got to do to reach these people in this community. But the enemy is ruthless on his attacks. I remember a year before the catch ever took place, one of the worst attacks I've ever had in my life. Um, it was the day that uh, basically my mom and dad split up. They, they got a divorce. And I remember my brother and I, we initially had gone with our mom. And uh, mom for a few days was okay with it. And then she brought us back and said, I don't want them anymore. I just, I can't do it. And she gives us back to our dad. And I remember that day, I remember holding my little brother's hand as we was walking up the path to my dad's house. And I remember turning back and I see my mom driving down the road. And then, I never forget that. See, There's things that the enemy does in your life that you never forget. We could sit here and talk all day long and share stories all day long about how the enemy has attacked you and how he has come in and he's done done a number on your family. and He's done a number on you. But the thing is, what we have to remember in all of that is that when the enemy attacks, we got to realize where our strength comes from. We've got to realize that the source of our joy is not in a stupid football game. And I've got to remind myself all that all, all the time. You've got to re- remind ourselves that the joy comes from the Lord. John 15, 11 says this, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you 
and that your joy may be complete. Guys, we could sit here all day long, like I said, and talk back and forth, talk back and forth. But when we realize when the enemy attacks, don't, you can sit there and be his punching bag if you want to. <laughs> or you can say enough is enough, right? And then you begin to battle the enemy. So what do you do when the enemy attacks? What do you do? Because, you know, the Bible says in 1 Peter 5 and 8, it says that the, the, the devil, your enemy, is, is, is like a, uh, he, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. John 10.10 says, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Guys, the thief, the enemy, he cares nothing about any of you. He cares nothing about any of your concerns, what's going on in your life. He cares. All he wants to do is to steal from you. He wants to kill you and he wants to destroy you. He wants to keep you from fulfilling everything that God has done and what God has called you to do and how God created you for. The enemy wants to keep you from fulfilling your purpose in your life. And sometimes I hear people, well, I just don't understand why I'm going through this. I don't understand why God's putting me through this. And I don't understand this. But do you, Mike, Mike I guess, and I, I, if I sound insensitive, I'm sorry. But I mean, Jesus went through this. And if you think that Satan attacked the son of God, don't you think he's going to attack you? If you turn to uh, uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter 4. Sorry about that. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. It says this. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, well, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. He said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, well, it's also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this, you see it? All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil fleed. He left him and the angels came and attended Jesus. Can I ask you something? I'll just restate this. If Satan attacks the son of God, trust me, he's going to attack you because you're made in the very image of God and he hates it. You're made in his image. And if he attacks you, 
How are you going to defeat him? How will you defeat him? Because Jesus said three different times, it is written. It is written. It is written. Guys, if you don't know the word, if you're not spending time in the word, how can you be ready when that enemy attacks? How can you be ready to fight when he comes in and he, and he, he starts attacking you and your family? Coming to church on Sundays and, 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 and getting the word, I mean, that's great. The seed is planted. But can I ask you a question? What good is the seed of the word of God if there's no water applied to it during the middle of the week? Ask any farmer out there. They don't go plant seeds in their field and say, well, good luck. They water it. They nurture it, right? Guys, we have got to be better at, at, at making time to spend time with our Father in heaven. We've got to make time to get in his word and to hide his word in our heart. We've got to make time because here's what happens. You're going to get punched in the face. The enemy will come. Are you ready for the attack? Are you ready for the attack? The Bible says in Isaiah 59, it says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Guys, are you ready? Are you ready? In Ephesians talks about putting on the armor of God, right? And it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's evil schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything, to stand. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. Be still. Here's the thing. This word of God right here, When it, the devil's not scared of this. Your enemy, he's not scared of this. When it sits on your nightstand, he's like, oh, good. I'm not, I'm not terrified of that. Even when you begin to open it up and, and begin reading it, he, all right, well, I know the word better than them. I can confuse them all day long, right? He's not scared of that. But when you begin to speak what God says about you, and you begin to proclaim the truths of this word over your life, the enemy gets terrified. <laughs> the enemy absolutely can't stand it. He's like, oh no. He is up and he's reading his word. And he's not only reading it, but he is proclaiming that over his life because he knows that this word is sharper than any two-edged sword. It will pierce the hardest of hearts. 
This word will change your life. This word will get you through any situation that you've ever gone through. When the enemy attacks, this word is what's going to get you through it. Begin to proclaim this word over your life. Begin to proclaim this word, parents, over your children's lives. You know how powerful it is when you parents just sit there and y'all like, you know what? We're going to get this. Come here, family. We're going to read this and we're going to look what the Bible says about you. The Bible says that uh, you are made in God's image. You know what that means? God, you are his treasured possession. It doesn't matter what that kid at school says about you. It doesn't matter what's going on. This is the truth right here. And when you begin to proclaim, you know what? No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. It doesn't matter. Come with everything you got, Satan. I'm going to take you out right here by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. I'm going to tell you my story. I'm going to tell you what's going on in my life and what God has done in my life. And some of you, and don't buy into this lie. When the enemy comes, we just read it earlier, he, he, he roams around like a roaring lion. Have you ever watched a lion hunt? What he tries to do with those lions, they're so smart. They single out the weakest link, right? And they try to get them isolated. Satan wants to fight you in isolation. He tries to make you feel like you're the only one that's ever gone through what you're going through. He tries to make you feel like hey, there ain't no one else that's ever been through this. So you are, you're just, you're done. You're done. But guys, look around you. Look around you. Each one of us has a story. Each one of us knows what God has done in our lives. That's why it's so good to share your story with people. I uh, went to a church camp, uh, uh, well, super summer here uh, a few years ago. Not this summer, but this past summer. Not this past summer, but the summer before. And I sat down with... uh, with a group of students who had just graduated high school. And we were in a class, and, and they, they had made, a, made a, a comment in this class, and it really, really impacted my life. It said, 60% of you sitting in this room right now will completely walk away from your faith by the time you graduate college. And I mean, that, that hit me really hard. Like, 60%? Are you sure? He's like, yeah, look, and it shows me that I'm like, man, that's crazy. And so I sat down in this small group of students, had about maybe 14, 15 of us sitting there. And I asked, I just asked the students, I said, can I ask you something? I said, why do you think that number is so high? Why do you think that number is, why do you think six out of 10 of you sitting in this little circle right here will completely walk away from your faith by the time in this next four years? And it was really quiet. 
And then this little girl spoke up, very soft-spoken. And she said, it's because um, no one's really ever challenged us to make it personal. No one's ever really challenged us until this week to make it our own walk with God. And then a young man, he was going to church for my family is just a, a, a checklist item that we do every week. We check it off the list. And these kids, they've never really made that relationship personal. They've never really got into this word and began to speak this word over their life because in those four years, they got hit from all sides. And they didn't know how to defend themselves. And so, I was talking to um, well, Candy Gibbs about that. And she said, did you know that research shows that if students will begin to get in their word and begin to share their testimony. Again, we're overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. If they begin to share their testimony and share their story, that those numbers reverse. And that more of them will continue in their walk with God and more of them will win more of their friends. Guys, it's so important that you share what, what God is doing in your life. It's so important that, that, that's why I love our small groups. I love being in our small groups and being able to open up because you know what? What happens at small group, it stays a small group, right? I mean, we, we're there as a family and we're able to open up. But guys, if you aren't making this personal, it's easy to say, yeah, I've accepted Christ as my savior. I got baptized but then you live a life of a defeated Christian because every time the enemy comes, he just steamrolls you. He completely just has his way and completely keeps you defeated. But when you start speaking this word, it doesn't matter what the circumstance is. It doesn't matter what you're going through. This word, this word is how you defeat the enemy. This word, it's not just a book to read. It's a book to meditate on. Joshua 1 says, 1-8, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Meditate on it. And it says, then I'll make you prosperous and successful when you meditate on this word. Are you speaking this word over your life today? Are you proclaiming the truths that Jesus has in this word for you? Are you hiding this word in your heart?
so you won't sin against God. As I don't care what the circumstances you're going through. Some of you feel like you're on an island all by yourself. I'm here to tell you, this is your answer. This is your answer. This is what's going to see you through. When you begin to speak and proclaim the word of God, you'll begin to walk in a more victorious life. You begin to, all right, come on. And when the enemy hits, well, you messed with the wrong guy. You messed with the wrong guy. So I believe in the the old scripture where it says, blessed are the short-winded preachers for they'll be invited back. (laughs) Right? Just joking. It's really bad to end on a joke like that. I'm sorry, but I, I really, I can't stress to you enough how important those quiet times are with the Lord. How important it is to get in here and read. I've been on a personal journey since the end of May to complete the Bible by the end of the year. I just I'm like, man, if I, if I read 10 chapters of the Bible a day, I can read the Bible through three times in a year, right? I'm like, well, I might not be able to do 10 chapters. Let's start small, right? I've got like 10 chapters left and I'm done with this thing. And I'm like, words just keep on jumping. I'm like, I knew it. I never knew it said that, right? Or maybe you read it before and you're like, oh yeah, it said that. But it took on a different meaning. But get in your word. I'm tired of seeing Christians being beat up all the time because they don't know how to live a victorious life. They've never made it personal. Someone asked you to stand to your feet as our praise and worship team comes back up and our prayer ministry teams come up. You know, we, went, we end every week with a worship song and with prayer. And I love this time of the service because it gives us time to reflect on what's going on in our lives. And so I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads. We're going to pray. And then we're going to open up the altars. But we sing that song, Are You Hurting and Broken Within? Are you hurting and broken within? If you are, the altar is open for you. Have you been under attack and you're just, quite frankly, you're just sick and tired of it? If that's you, this altar is for you. It's open for you. Are you ready to put the enemy on notice? And let him know that he can't have your marriage and he can't have your friendships and he can't have the other relationships in your life because he's constantly trying to divide and conquer. If that's you, the altar is open. 
for you. Let us pray with you. Let us believe with you that love is going to rule and reign in your life again. That God is going to bind all relationships and he's going to unify. He's going to bring unity to every single relationship in your life. Let us pray with you. Don't hesitate to come down here. Let's go to war. Let's tell the enemy where to get off. Father, we thank you this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, that you have given us authority over the enemy. God, you have given us your word. (laughs) You've given us your word to defeat the enemy. Now, Father, I pray over anyone in this room right now who's hurting, anyone who's broken, anyone who feels like they're all alone in this fight. Lord, I pray over them this morning, God, that you would move in their lives. God, that you would just begin to do something that only you can do in their lives, Father. Father, draw all of us to you, Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.